I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. The workday is done. Now, kick back, pop a top, and catch up with your Houston team. Nightcap, nightcap. This is the Nightcap with Ross Villarreal. Oh, one in the p.m. here on Sports Talk 790. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Nightcap program. Ross Villarreal with you as the big voice man said until seven o'clock alongside Josh C, who is my producer along for the ride. A lot of times if there is no Rockets or Astros coverage here on 790, You'll have me from 6 to 7, and tonight is no different. Phone lines are open for you if you'd like to get in. It's 713-212-5790, 713-212-5790. You can also send tweets to me at SportsRV and to Josh at JTS693. As we have a number of different things going on around the sports world, you have NFL stuff happening Yes, I was listening to the A-team driving in in massive traffic in the Galleria. I guess it's that time of the year where everybody is around here doing their Christmas shopping. But they were talking about the Micah Parsons, Jalen Hurts thing that was being discussed on Von Miller's podcast. We'll get to that as we go along. Other NFL news and notes going around as well. But, of course, also... Major League Baseball, the hot stove continues, and the big news coming out yesterday, I believe Jeff Passan, first man on the scene on this one, Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million, whoa, Man, and so when you add in the 35.1 that he got last year from the Minnesota Twins, basically, he said, Astros, you said 5160? I think I'm good, bro. I'm going to go ahead and do my thing. And he got the opt-out contract and then uh, hired this guy named Scott Boris, who seems pretty good at what he does, and got him the whopping 13-year, $350 million deal from the San Francisco Giants, just a shade under $27 million per year. But I don't think – it doesn't feel like Carlos Correa, probably even the Giants, are worried about the 13 years. They're worried about the 350 million years. Like uh, at the age of – what's he, 28, right, is Carlos Correa, he's Josh? just turned 27. Or he's okay, turned is he 27? Soon. Okay. So at the end of this uh, deal, it's going to look like – I mean, what an Albert Pujols deal looked like at the end of it. What of a Miggy Cabrera deal looking like at the end of it? And it really – the no, yeah, he is 28 actually. So, yeah, he just turned 28 on September, so he'll be 41 by the end of this deal. 
and they're not worried about that. Carlos probably isn't. He said, Lindor got 340. I got 350. Trey Turner got 300. I got 350. And even though the AAV isn't as good on other deals, the the mega amount of money, and even though I'm going to imagine cities to live in, San Francisco is probably one of the worst for tax purposes, but a, a monster deal for Carlos Correa who bet on himself, turned down the 5160. There's a lot of people around here saying that he should have taken it, and it was going to be interesting to see how it panned out. But, I mean, monstrous mega money, The four, I believe the fourth biggest contract in the history of Major League Baseball. Behind Mike Trout, I think, what is it? That guy's good. Bryce Harper, maybe? Um, then, well, Bryce Harper, I thought, was 13 years, 330. I can go look. No, I believe you are right. Because he beat Lindor by total guaranteed. And then there was uh-huh. Trout and, like you said, two others. I'm struggling to put it up. Uh, Garrett Cole might be in that mix. I think he was like 310. Okay. Is, did Cabrera or Pujols get that much? No, I don't think so. Let me just hit the old Google machine, biggest MLB contracts ever, and then we'll figure it out from there. So, man, I I like Carlos. Carlos. Oh, Aaron Judge, of course, just got paid huge. And, well, this has it at number two, according to MLB.com. You know what it is? It's the, I think the Julio Rodriguez deal can go up to like uh, 380 Okay, million, maybe that's in there. It's like, I think... 210, right? Gosh, I mean, isn't that shocking? Because I like Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is a great player. Mookie Betts. It, oh, Mookie Betts okay, Mookie Betts' deal. Is Carlos Correa a $350 million player in your eyes? I mean, isn't that shocking? So, and also, by the way, this is these are all going to be the biggest contracts until next year. If Carlos Correa is worth $350 million, what is Shohei Otani going to get in the market next year? I'm wondering if his... He's got to get like $500 million. Well, Shohei's what about... I think he's around the same age as Carlos, maybe 29 or so, right? And think about... I think his total number actually may be below Correa, but his average annual value mm-hmm. value may be like $50 million a year. And that may get him close to career. If he okay, gets a he. Six, uh, it looks like uh, I'm pulling it up. Shohei Otani is also 28. He, his birthday is in July. Carlos is in September, so that's a couple of months. He basically two and a half months. Carlos Correa has on Shohei Otani. I mean, if he got like 10 years, 450 million from somebody, do you think that's possible? Is he going to be able to play on both sides of the field, uh, of the mound, for 10 more years? I mean, he already had Tommy John. He's had some other injury issues. You can't predict injuries. Carlos Correa's had his injury issues as well, and he got a huge deal from the San Francisco Giants. So, I mean, it makes you wonder what Shohei Otani is going to get. And also, I mean, is is Carlos Correa deserving of the, of the second largest free agent contract ever doled out in terms of total money? Doesn't seem like it. And, and surprises me a little bit. And it's funny when you look around and you see a lot of the, oh, the biggest spenders in this entire, like the Yankees are one of the biggest spenders this offseason. Other teams are some of the biggest spenders. And the Astros are just sitting there. Yeah, they, they're not necessarily twiddling their thumbs. They signed Ho- Jose Abreu to the deal that they did. They spent like $93 million in free agency. And everybody else is just playing catch up. And, and I like the long-term philosophy that Jim Crane has where he doesn't want to offer anyone more than five years on a deal. 
He doesn't want to get into bidding wars with teams that are the Mets and the Phillies and the Yankees and what they're going to be able to spend. The Padres, of course, spending boatloads of money, and they're all trying to catch up to the team that is the reigning World Series champions. And that's what kind of just feels good about this. And you look up and down of the list of the, the largest deals handed out, Garrett Cole's on the list. And, of course, Carlos Correa is on the list. And, you know, George Springer isn't on the biggest list, but he's making tons of money elsewhere. And uh, who else that's escaping me? Alex Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Uh, Well, no, I just mean uh, former Astros. Former Astros. A great Astros. It's it's Springer. It's Cole. Well, Verlander, of course, getting a huge AAV deal from the Mets as well. Yeah, so I'll put him on the list. That's, That's who I was forgetting. Those guys all left the Astros, and they're all making boatloads of money, and they're sitting there with the World Series trophy trotting it around town are the Houston Astros. And, I mean, if you really think about it, their big money move, like you said, was Abreu. That short amount, if it Mm -hmm. it burns you, it's not the end of the world. And they can able to do that because they develop guys so well. Like, not everyone's hit, but they're able to supplant things they lose with great players that are producing at such a high level that – a lot of these other teams, they trade them away or trade out all their great players, and they're kind of screwed, and they have to go make these moves. Yeah, it, it's well, that's where it comes down to, and we'll see what happens in a few years from now with the Astros. Of course, there's a lot up in the air with what's happening with their general manager, who is going to be the general manager of the future of the franchise. Of course, it hurts to have missed out on those first and second round picks for a couple of years, which they did in which you need to remind these idiots out there who are still saying the Astros never got punished for the cheating scandal. So it it's just it just makes me laugh. And it's just what the Astros have, and they're still going to be, I mean, should be the American League favorites next year. Yes, the Yankees are going to be good. Yes, the Blue Jays have made some moves. They're going to be good as well, and some other teams in, in the mix. But right now it's the Astros, and it's everybody else for the American League crown. And they are just, I mean... All praise be to Luno for what he was able to to build in this core of this team and this young pitching that they just keep on, the wheels keep on turning for this uh, big orange and blue machine down there on Crawford in Texas. It's just crazy, and it makes you just think with this Correa and this huge deal that he got. And, and I wonder, I mean, I imagine Jim Crane is going to keep up with his policy of not offering over five years. But that's easy to do when you got a lot of prospects and you got a lot of pitching and you got a lot of this and a little of that, and you're not going to be able to nor- normally spin with the Yankees. But right now, the Astros' championship window is obviously wide open. I think it's open for a couple of more years, Seeing, uh, well, depending on what happens, of course, with trying to sign Kyle Tucker, what's going to happen at the, cu- the catcher situation. Are they still going to pursue an outfielder? I think you can get some good value later on in the offseason there if they still want to pick somebody up, whether it be with a Michael Brantley or or somebody else. I don't think they're going to trade for a Brian Reynolds or a Dalton Varsho. But right now, the Astros are sitting in the catbird seat, and they don't have to dole out these $300-plus million contracts that the other teams are doing just to try and keep up. But the arms race is on in the National League West, the National League East, elsewhere, of course, in the American League with all these big uh, dollars getting handed out. And it also makes me wonder what the heck is going to go on with Shohei Otani and the contract he is going to get when he becomes a Major League Baseball free agent. All right, we're going to take a break here on the nightcap here on Sports Talk 790. My name is Ross Villarreal. 
Yes, it's me. If you can tell, I got a little bit of a sore throat. So I am pleading and begging you. If you want to help me out, you want to get on the phone lines. I got Josh C. here as well. But if you want to call, the floor is going to be yours for like a couple of minutes while I sip on some hot tea. So 713-212-5790 if you want to get in. 713-212-5790. A lot of stuff to get to with you until 7 o'clock here on the Nightcap on Sports Talk 790. Oh, wow. Looks like some riots broke out in France after the World Cup semifinal today. They won the last one, and they haven't won this <laughs> one yet. Uh, well, I think there's, well, there's history with French and Morocco, right? French had occupied Morocco for a long time and gave them uh, independence in 1956, according to my Believe It or Not question from the other day. Uh, I, was gonna it, say, I guess, the, yeah, uh, yeah, there's some Moroccans who live in France as well. I don't know. I so. feel like there was a couple of Moroccan players who had like French sounding names. Mm, so uh oh. Yeah, there's, there's probably a good amount of time. There's there. might be some friction there. Geopolitical implications of the World Cup are always fun. Like we can even get Germany and Japan together like the good old days and stuff like that. Anyways. Hey, Japan beat them this year. You right? know what? That is the saddest part about the World Cup being gone, right? No more World War II jokes. That's a shame. Well. That's all right. The final's coming up on Sunday. It'll be Argentina versus France. Uh, Matt Thomas will be watching with bated breath, I'm sure. All and, right. Well, and no more betting early in the morning for those who'd like to gamble. I mean, oh, I know. Yeah, that's what my biggest advice was. If you really wanted to, you're not sure how to get into the World Cup, just bet a lot of it, and then you can just watch it, and that'll be exciting for you that way. They'll always give get a little extra action. Get a little extra juice on the game. Or actually just uh, want make yourself want to crawl into a fetal position after you lose. All right, anyways, 713-212-5790 is the phone number here on Sports Talk 790. It is the nightcap, Ross Villarreal and Josh C. with you. A couple of you on the phone lines coming to my rescue. Thank you so much. I got a little bit of a sore throat. Tom, I'm going to click you on, and then you can talk as long as you want because I'm going to take a sip of tea. Go ahead. Thanks, Ross. I appreciate the free reign. This is actually a perfect situation for me. I do have an Astros take, which I'll get to, but I, I would like to say to the people of 790, you know I've been a longtime contributor and I've really enjoyed tweeting. Well, some stuff happened at work and some things came up I had to deal with for a little while, and I logged on this morning to Twitter, and my account has been permanently suspended. The last tweet that I was actually able to send was actually to you, Ross, and to Matt. It was a suggestion for a Sports MT theater on a Keith Law set of tweets. Hadn't had a chance to go back and listen to see if you did it. So I'm currently fighting to see if I can get my account recovered. I was hacked while I was preoccupied at work, so I'm sure that's what this is about. Uh, you kind of see most of my tweets. They're mostly the all, and I would say they're not inflammatory or fighting. But I did want to apologize. Tom in downtown is still alive and well and has not forgotten about his tweeting obligations. He's just running into some technical difficulties. All right, Tom. Now, uh, anything else? Any sports takes? Yeah, a quick sports take. Uh, I'm a little afraid to, about uh, Jordan, like seeing all this money Utani's going to get and Judge just got. Is there any chance he kind of tries to pull the old NFL? I don't want to report to camp until you redo my deal. I'm sorry. Who was that you were saying was want to do that? Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez. Oh, they signed him. Too. No, they uh, signed him. Jordan's on a big deal. Yeah. But is it? I don't think it's as big as Judge. 
No, well, he had years of arbitration. The reason why his AAV is way down is because you have years of arbitration that you bought out, and that's why he's not making uh, like 30. I think towards the end of the deal, he's going to be making close to $30 million a year, but he wasn't going to be making much of anything because he just has to go through years of arbitration. So that's why one of the reasons why it can be beneficial to both sides is is that the Astros would save money on the back end with free agency, but they'd have to spend money on the front end because they would have to lock him up. So normally in arbitration, it escalates year after year. Like uh, like when Carlos Correa went through arbitration, by the end of it, he was making like $17 million a year, but before that, it was much less than that. So when you are ending up paying him almost $30 million a year, that is, and it's, and it's going to be under what these huge contracts are, that's because you bought out arbitration and you're paying big money up front to save on the on the end. Yeah, I mean, it's a good negotiation tactic. I'm just afraid of somebody getting in his ear say, hey, look how much money you, you could be making. No, I, would, I mean, when's the last time you ever heard of a holdout in Major League Baseball? It's been a while. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of one. So, yeah, um, uh, I'm actually pulling up. Uh, thank you for time. Anything else? No, I appreciate it. Love the show. All right, appreciate you, and thank you for listening. I'm actually pulling it up. Carlos Correa in arbitration, actually. He made $5 million, $8 million, and then $11.7 million. Maybe that I actually was thinking 17.1, so maybe I had it flipped in my mind. So, yeah, he, he in what uh, you they already bumped up Jordan to like $8 million in the first year of this deal that he signed with the Astros. And then it's going to go to $10 million, $15 million, $27 million, $27 million, $27 basically 26.8 and change, but basically $27 million. So, yeah, they're going to pay him way more front end, save a little on the back end. It benefits both sides. Jordan Alvarez got $100 million guaranteed in front of his face. He signed it. And players can, can agree to these deals, and they cannot. Carlos Correa, the Astros approached him and said, hey, we want to buy your arbitration out, get you a few free agency years, get you some money. He said, no, thanks. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to hit the market and make a boatload of cash. He did that. They paid Jose Altuve early. He agreed to it. They paid um, Bregman. Bregman early. He agreed to it. George Springer, no thanks. Carlos Correa, no thanks. And so far, Kyle Tucker says no thanks as well. And the Braves have been doing it. It's how they've gotten all those yeah. young guys on great deals. But the other big thing is Judge is a gold glove caliber outfielder. Right. He's a yeah, great right. defender. Jordan's played great in left field. Don't get me wrong, but right, yeah. most are going to consider him a DH if they're going to pay him. Still, yeah, right? if Jordan Alvarez is going to sit up there and say I'm as valuable as Aaron Judge, I just have to disagree. Aaron Judge hit 60 bombs and is a Gold Glove caliber right fielder. Jordan Alvarez is great, maybe as good offensively. If and healthy, right? He's close, yeah, close, but doesn't strike out as much, which it has value. But Judge hitting 61 and the defense mm-hmm. is where he gets that. Of course, right. So, order. yeah, I don't think in I mean, I don't I can't recall anyone ever holding out of a guaranteed contract in in the NB in the NFL or the NB. I'm sorry, NFL. Of course, holdouts happen all the time over there because they don't have guaranteed contracts. NBA. No. I don't think so. And then in and they the also in a, have like in a max cap, so it's kind of hard to really Major League Baseball. It. They should get rid of those max contracts, by the way. That's a different discussion for a different time. But anyways, uh, Jake in Sugarland is also on hold here. So let's go to Jake. Jake, I'm going to take another sip of tea. Floor is yours. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a long time talking to you, and I hope your sports over gets better. But, uh, yeah, so I was just calling to say that the Rockets, I'm really sh- – no, I'm not really shocked. I'm actually, like, really happy that the Rockets are – able to get wins versus the Milwaukee Bucks, 76ers, 
and of course the Phoenix Suns because it kind of shows that this young team kind of knows where they're going and the rebuild which they're currently in right now. It's I'm not saying it's going to be over with anytime soon, but it's I can tell it's starting to reach to the end. I feel like in a couple of years, if they keep on Jalen Green and all their good rookie prospects and uh, young players, and they add on like some couple of veteran players to add on to that, it's going to be a really good Rockets team sooner or later. So this. I just wanted to call and talk about that. Just been seeing the Rockets play good basketball and go Rockets. All right. Thanks a lot, Jake. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch. And they've now won uh, a game against the two games against the Suns and a game against the Milwaukee Bucks. And yes, one game they didn't have Devin Booker, one game they didn't have Chris Paul, but still the Rockets were big underdogs in those games. Uh, a single player isn't going to be worth the the 14 point margin that the Phoenix Suns beat the the Rockets beat the Phoenix Suns by. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And it's been impressive. Uh, We do have to get to a break here, but yeah, we'll expand on some of the thoughts that I have about this Rockets Young Corps and what they've been doing. So we're going to do that after a break. We also have to get to some NFL stuff. Like I mentioned, Micah Parsons had some interesting stuff to say on Von Miller's podcast. Also, your Rockets winning some games. We could talk about that as well. And then the Astros and what's been going on with them on the offseason. All Available to you on the phone lines at 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Back in a second here on the Nightcap. If you can buy Rockets gear on it, you can hear us on it. It's amazing. Listen live for free on any smart device. A contested three coming up off the backboard front rim that nearly went down. Loose basketball into the hands of Jalen. Alley oop to KJ Martin. Right place, right time on the loose basketball. Rockets up by 17. So if you've been hearing me talk a little bit about the Rockets, probably mostly on Rockets wraps. We don't spend a lot of time talking about it on the Matt Thomas show or this show either because, well. The last two years, they've finished with the worst record in the NBA, and this year they're in last place in the Western Conference. But I've been trying to tell you, at least recently, team is pretty fun to watch. Team is entertaining. I mean, you just there that highlight right there of Jalen Green throwing an alley oop to Kevin Porter. Or I'm sorry, KJ Martin. You can have at some point anyone on the floor. Like three, it feels like there's at least three lob threats on the floor for the Rockets at any given time between KJ Martin, Jalen Green, KPJ, Bruno Fernando, Jabari Smith Jr. They're a really fun team to watch, and they got the win last night against the Phoenix Suns. And the caller in the last segment, Jake, talking about the young core. I'm starting to see and have a high level of confidence in the the viability of this team as far as being playoff and pushing for playoffs in the next couple of years. And to me, it starts and ends with Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. Last night, um, Jalen Green 
Well, really, two nights ago against the Bucks, they scored 97 points. Jalen Green had 30 of them. And then, really, the only guy with over 20 points last night was Jalen Green again. Now, he's had some duds of games. He's had some poor shooting nights where he's missing threes. But if you're looking at, uh, as the kids say, him go in his bag, there are so many different ways that he can score the basketball. He is so fast. His his start and stop with a dribble is extremely fast. He can do a nice in-out dribbles. He can make floaters in the lanes. He's making tough layups over multiple guys. He's making step-back jumpers, mid-range here and there, fall-away mid-range, tough shots, contested. He's hitting all the types of shots right now, Jalen Green is. He's playing better and locking in more defensively. That's not necessarily, at least at this point, going to be his calling card, but hopefully he can grow into that as he continues to grow strong as as he made uh, leaps in his strength from year one to year two as an NBA player. And also keep in mind, the guy is 20 years old, so he's going to get bigger and stronger. And then what you have with Jabari Smith Jr.? Jabari Smith Jr. right now, I mean, two games ago against the Milwaukee Bucks, it wasn't all him, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, only had, what, like 17, 18, 17 points, I think, on 7 to 17 shooting. And I believe he had like 12 or like half of that came in the first quarter, and he did pretty much nothing the mm-hmm. final three quarters almost, right? Yeah, and a lot of that is Jabari Smith Jr. He can guard one through eight. I mean, one through eight. That would be impressive. One, uh, one, that's when you're going against the three refs. You he's call it eight. One through five, yeah. He's, guard, he's guarding all the refs and, and the assistant uh, coaches for the other team. No, he's guarding one through five. He knocks down shots. He was three of three from three yesterday. He had fourteen and eight. What do you think about and he the played great defense? The locksmith that he's been getting Ooh, all over the place. Are they calling him the locksmith now? I haven't I seen like that. It. I like it. I, now, one of the things I kind of don't like about nicknames, and and we've done this basically the last twenty years, is you have to. You used to have like cool nickname, like the, it, nicknames like I don't know George the Iceman Gervin. And it feels like everybody's nickname these days is just a play on words on their name I mean, the or their initials. Defensive name is right. really good. The glove for Gary Payton is good. But what's like the Greek freak? CP3. It's like they, people call uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo the Greek freak just because they don't want to say his whole name. They're scared 100%. to like they're scared to flub up saying it. Yeah, CP3 is just like he wears number three and his initials are CP. It's like, oh. And it kind of rhymes when you say that. That's it's like, what you're going to see, P3. I mean, it's cool when, like, Matt was on the PA and he makes a three, and you're like, he oh, CP made a three. That's cool that way. But, yeah. Uh, Flash Gordon, I guess that's okay. The or they call him Splash Gordon. Uh, King James, right, because of the King James Bible. That's also a play on his last name as well. Uh, Nikola Jokic is terrible. They call him Joker. Because his name similar. is Joe Kitch. Probably similar to the Giannis thing. They were like, eh, we'll just go with Joe Kitch. Yeah, he's the Joker. And then, uh, like, Charles Barkley calls him the Joker like 75 times, and that's all they call him on NBA on TNT because they don't want to mess up his name. So, yeah. What's, what's, uh, I mean, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are the Splash Brothers. Yeah, that's a good one. But does but Steph Curry have a nickname? Steph? Steph is his nickname, right? His real name. Right. Is I mean, right? what is what is his? Oh, the babyface assassin. I guess people called him that. Slim Reaper was a good one, but Katie Slim Reaper was good, but Katie didn't him. like it. Yeah. I guess it rhymes. It's fine. Okay, Locksmith. I like that for Jabari Smith Jr. Okay, we'll call him the Locksmith. Alperin Shingoon have a nickname yet? Alp. Alp. Baby Joker is what they call him too. Yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, Al P. Okay, his name is Al Perrin. I think is, that's what we're going with. I legitimately think that was we made know in Houston because we yeah. didn't know how to say his name. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr.'s nickname is KPJ. Uh, He's Scoot. I get. Right? Oh yeah, Scoot's Scoot. You know what Scoot? Because they called him that when he was a kid. He yeah. was apparently his mom or somebody said he was scooting across the uh, scooting across the place when he before he could walk. So okay, fine, that works. I'll stop complaining about nicknames, but yeah. I could see. I don't know what Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be as far as the future plans. If he's going to be a key cog in the wheel for the Rockets when they're making the playoffs, hopefully in the next couple of years, he could be. If he kind of just irons out some of the wrinkles in his game. But if you just look at the overall raw numbers, he's regressed from last year in terms of assists and turnovers and I think field goal percentage as well. I think his I'd big issue put it has been up. the turnovers every game. It's, and his, it's slow. his turnovers are up. His assists are down. His three-point percentage is down. And I believe his overall field goal percentage is down, if I, if I go look that up. so I, I would say the biggest te- thing is also is Jalen, your superstar, right? Like I, There was a debate last night on Twitter from Matt Moore. I'm not sure where he's at anymore, but he was saying that he didn't. Is think he Jaylen, still with Action Network? I think so. But he was saying he didn't think he was the best player in last year's draft class currently. He just has the most shots and most usage rate. And it's like. I think Jalen's by far the best out of the draft class. I don't know if he's a guaranteed superstar yet, but I don't think that you could be uh, happier he, with any other pick besides maybe Evan Mobley, but does that help you win I would right now? say, okay, at the moment, Jalen Green can be someone that you can point to as producing just because they're getting high usage. Because right now, his field goal percentage and three-point percentage numbers aren't great. But earlier on in the season, before he went in this prolonged shooting slump, he was shooting around 37, 38% from three. And it, it just it seems like it's something that, that's kind of delicate with the balance of his his shooting motion. But I mean, we've seen him go off for nights where he can make like, you know, seven, eight threes and, and shoot the lights out. And I, I think he does and is going to have that capability and not just be somebody who who's a volume guy. Last year he was at 34% from three. This year right now he's at 32%. But uh, before this huge, I would say by the end of the season, just a guess, I'm going to say he's going to be over 35% from three. I just feel confident about that, that he's going to right the ship. Because the three-point shooting has been terrible lately, but you're dealing with small sample sizes. If you're going to have a bad shooting stroke for like five games, which is basically what he's had, and he's he's won for his last 13. Yeah, you're going to say 32%. Well, look, he's only at 32%. Well, get back to us in two months and see where his numbers are. And if he's more efficient, then you can't just call him a volume guy. He's And, and also, by the way, the more volume you shoot, the harder it is to have those high numbers, which is why Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. He shoots over 40% from three and takes a ton of them. You look at like the numbers, the overall shooting numbers, I think I want to say Steve Kerr is like well over 40%. He's sitting in the corner while Jordan has five guys collapsing on him and hoisting up a couple of game. It's easier to be that way. Usage goes up, percentages go down. That's how it works. So I, I still think Jalen Green is going to end up being an efficient scorer and not just a volume guy. I don't think Matt Moore has it right. I think also when you just see that Bucks game, you just go watch the first half highlights almost from Jalen, the full game as well. But, man, this, there's things he does that you don't see many guys, especially at his age, do yet. I mean, He's now getting this pull yes. jumper that's just nasty. He's had the mid-range. You've always seen flashes of it, but then the stop and start. like yeah, It's crazy <laughs> some of the things the guy does. He's going to get better at finishing around the rim. He's going to get better at shooting, I think. And, and he's going to be a really good offensive force. 
I, I just I just truly believe that just from from the growth that we've seen right now. If you look at the raw numbers, yeah, you can chalk it up as volume guy. But watch the games. He he's a good scorer and can score in, in myriad ways. All right, we're gonna take a break here on the nightcap program here on Sports Talk 790. My name is Ross Villarreal. Phone lines are open for you if you want to get in, talk about the Rockets. We talked about the NF, uh, NBA. We will be talking about the NFL. Did you see what Micah Parsons had to say about Jalen Hurts on Vaughn Miller's podcast? If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Pretty interesting. And we'll see if we disagree or agree with his assessment when we come back here. The final segment of the Nightcap coming up here on Sports Talk 790. The 790 Traffic Center brought to you by CarBingo.com. Sell us your car. Real honest. Real unbiased. Honest, non-biased opinion. Sports Talk 790. Real Texans. Talk here. Final segment of the Nightcap program here on Sports Talk 790. Ross Vieri out with you. Phone lines open at 713-212-5790. If you'd like to get in quickly, talking a little bit about the Rockets in the last segment. And, yeah, I mean, they've won four of their last six. They've beaten some good teams in those. Two against the Suns, one against the Bucks, and one against the Philadelphia 76ers. Five straight at home as well. Five straight at home. By the way, the 76ers had both Joel Embiid and James Harden in that game. And, well, it's not like the Sixers are any great shakes, but actually, well, since that loss to the Rockets, they've won three straight. They're 15 and 12. Once they got over the hump, they're like, man, we just can't beat these Rockets. Now we got to go win some other games against some chumps. Yeah, Rockets are playing good. They can play with anybody. And and the thing that kind of – it was like the calm washed over me last night when the Suns had gotten within nine, and I'm like, normally I would have felt like the Rockets are about to blow this. I just didn't feel that way. I just yeah, it felt didn't. Like a fake battle back by the yeah, Suns, exactly. You know? It felt like a like a last gasp, like a like the Spartans in the Battle of Thermopylae. Like they're gonna stand tall, but they're gonna fall short. So yes, and I that, mean, that's as a young team, you kind of want to have that mindset of hey, we may not win all these games on a row, we mm-hmm. may not be the best team, but if you can play teams tough, that gives you confidence in the future. Hey, once yeah. we start getting these more pieces, we're and that's guys. another thing. It's like they, they, I feel like the team is growing in their confidence. They're beginning to believe that they can hang with anybody, and, and, and it's showing. Now, of course, we're reacting off of that, off of a win over the Suns and the and the Bucks, and before that, they lost to a team in the San Antonio Spurs who were on eleven game losing streak and had three of their starters missing. So it's up and down. But that's that's what's going to happen with a young team. Is you're going to have nights where you're like, "What the heck are you doing?" And you're going to want to pull your hair out. And then you're going to have nights where like, oh, my gosh, I could see this all coming together. It's it, Consistency is key in any of these types of situations where you're having a, a, a young team grow and get better. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, you can beat anybody on any given night. They can lose to anybody on any given night. And, and that's going to come with the youth that the Rockets have, and they're going to learn to get better and be more consistent on a more consistent basis as uh, they go forward. So... 
We'll see what happens. They are next in action tomorrow against a good Miami Heat team. And what will happen there? I guess we'll keep an eye on it. All right. Uh, I do want to get to the Von Miller podcast up real quick. Let's get Zach in here. What's up, Zach? Hey, man. Uh, I just wanted to see what you guys you know, thought about Jabari Smith, uh, his lack of shooting opportunities. I notice a lot of times I see him over on the wing and KPJ or Jalen just, you know, just, just overlook him. Wide open shots. Uh, I don't know that uh, I've seen him necessarily get overlooked a ton. Uh, uh, Zach, he has been more involved. He has been more aggressive, and I think he has been getting more like more putback opportunities. But yeah, I mean, he, he uh, right now the way that they use him. And, and thank you for getting in, man. I, I, I we have to uh, only a couple minutes left in the show. Uh, he he's they, they've been using him sometimes in pick and pop. There was, I mean, it was a couple of games ago. I'm trying to remember where it was like a Jalen Green, Jabari Smith pick and pop. J- Jalen Green dove into the lane. Jabari Smith wide open for a three, and I was like, that is a thing of beauty. They need to do that more. And and as far as Jabari Smith Jr., he's not a back to the basket guy. If you've seen him, at least right now in his career. If you've seen him kind of work in the post, he, a lot of times he just does a couple of dribbles and throws a fadeaway, uh, you know, fadeaway 15-footer. And those, for the most part, unless you're a dead-eye shooter, aren't going to be great shots. So it, it is going to be uh, something they're going to have to work on to get him more involved in the offense. I think they have been doing that, and I think that it'll have to come in pick and pops, but there's also a lot of mouths to feed. Jalen Green can get to the basket. Running things through Alperin Shingoon is not going to allow Jabari Smith Jr. to be involved in like a, a two-big-man uh, game or anything like that, depending on matchups, I guess. And and then Kevin Porter Jr. takes a lot of shots. Eric Gordon wants his shots. It's just that's the the beauty and the, and the curse of basketball is there's only one ball. That's why uh, our good friend and colleague, Indy Kalu, calls uh, football the ultimate team sport. I disagree, and I say it's basketball because every single person on the floor has the chance to be selfish at any given moment, and you still want to make the right decision and play good team ball. That's why, to me, basketball is the ultimate team sport. So that's the way I feel about it, and we'll see if he gets more involved. I think he will be, and especially as as he continues to knock down shots, guys are, are going to find him. But I haven't found too many opportunities to me where he's just like wide open and and being completely ignored, at least lately. He feels like he's more involved in the offense. Okay, been teasing this, so I want to get to it real quick before we get out. Uh, Micah Parsons on Vaughn Miller's podcast. Is Jalen Hurts the MVP, or is it the Philadelphia Eagles team? That would be me having to hit the correct button. I'm sorry. Hold on. Uh, There it is. Hurts or the team? (sighs) I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's, a little, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man, because they got a great deep, they got a great offensive line, which helps Hurts. Hurts has AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. They got a good running game. I mean, um, Miles Sanders. They scheme that they, they scheme that they have. O line. Yeah. I mean, bro, bro like, it, like, <laughs> and this Eagles Cowboys, the Eagles Cowboys coming up, ain't it? Yeah, it's coming up. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make no enemies. I. I just like. I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like, I can't. I, I like. I like when things are off. I. I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. Like you know, you're right. They got. They got a great team, great defense. But everyone. Everyone has their own opinions. Like, but they got so. Jalen Hurts is. MP. He's good. He's he, good. They got him. So there you go. Is it is it Hurts or is it team? 
I tend to agree with Micah Parsons that it's the team. And that doesn't necessarily need to be a slight at Jalen Hurts. They have great weapons, great offensive line, great defensive line, great defense. They are, they are the best and most complete team. If I had to put a, a dollar on one team to win the Super Bowl this year, I would put it on the Philadelphia Eagles because they just feel like the most complete team right now. And that includes great play from Jalen Hurts, who has like 20-plus touchdowns and only three interceptions this season. But it, it's also... Uh, nice to sit back there when you got great protection. And, oh, by the way, he's got great mobility, and that's one of the reasons why the, the he's so hard to stop, and he throws accurately, and he's got good weapons. They're just a good team. I think but, I mean, if you switch Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. It's not going to be the same on each team, for sure. It, I mean, what's going to happen? So, to me, the MVP is kind of hard to, to argue anyways because it's always the best quarterback award every single year. And maybe they should get some consideration to either splitting the award or whatever, because the last one to win it was what Adrian Peterson, last non-quarterback in like yeah, 2012. Probably, yeah. You you have to basically run for 2,000 yards, otherwise Derek it's Henry, going to the best quarterback. Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards, and I don't even think got a first place vote. Yeah, like two so years ago, right. I think the biggest lie about this whole thing was, oh, I'm not trying to cause anything, but at the <laughs> very end, he goes, I if I see something that's not right, I just got to speak the truth. Mm. On it. It's like. Right, not so right. You, you don't think it's right, so you don't think he's MVP. It's like, yeah. you, you, there's there's not just that, oh, I'm just asking the question. Is it this? Yes, it's part of the system, but nowadays mm-hmm. in the NFL, everyone has their system that they make work that benefits the team. All right. Well, on that note, we do have to get out. To me, I, I don't even know if I would go with Pat Mahomes. I'd have to do some more looking around, but they he's one of the favorites along with Jalen Hurts. But if you swap Jalen Hurts and Pat Mahomes... I think you don't lose a step with the Eagles, and then the Chiefs probably get worse. But not my vote. I don't have one. That's going to do it for the nightcap here on Sports Talk 790. My name is Ross Villarreal. Thank you so much for listening. Extra special thanks to those of you who called and got involved directly. Thanks to Josh C. Producing, doing a great job, as he always does. I will talk to you folks next tomorrow at noon as part of the Matt Thomas Show. Until then, have a pleasant and safe rest of your Wednesday evening. The News Radio 740 forecast, tonight clear skies, a low of 45.